Now, clearly, the... <laughs> 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 He's just seen it at the top of the list there. Uh, clearly, the talking point of the week has been pretty well covered with Cornelius and Nick Rust earlier in the show. But we'll start with this list of seven, with geldings. And should they be allowed more opportunities in elite Group 1 races like the Guineas, the Derby, the French Guineas, the Irish Guineas, the Arc de Triomphe? Well, I can see the argument. It's clear what the argument is uh, for geldings to be barred from, mm -hmm. from those races. Is it a bit of a pity? I just don't really... Uh, I suspect you're going to have a view on this. Uh, but I, I just don't see it as a, as a particular issue. Um, you, you've got lots of horses. You haven't got that many geldings. Uh, if, you're, if your entire horse is good enough, then it should be able to beat mm. the geldings. As it happens from this year, the top, top, sprinter, the top two sprinters, I suppose, in Batash uh, and uh, also Sir Michael's horse, Fro Dream, Dream of Dreams, Dreams. Uh, that, that they won't be um, actually represented uh, in the future as far as the next generation is concerned. But they've got brothers and sisters. Um, I, I just, you've got the, the Rafe, uh, Rafe's horse yeah, uh, that won yeah. yesterday, New mm. Mandate. Does it does it really matter? I just uh, I, I just don't see in 2020. I think in 1750 or 60 when it all got going, I can completely see it. But but nowadays there are so many horses. There's so many um, horses in in the various bloodlines. I'm not I'm not. I, I've just got a feeling you don't agree with me. I, I, you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> I mean, if, if there was a prize for wrongness this morning, you would win first, second, and third on this particular on really? this particular. I'd be trained at Bally Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here. Here's the thing. Perpetuation of the breed is just as important now that, uh, as it was in, yeah. in the 1700s. So that there was so many less horses then. Is, 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 not, is not applicable. It's easier to train a gelding than it is to train a colt, obviously, because they don't have the same testosterone and hormones in their system. It is more straightforward. You are in, simply incentivizing trainers to geld horses if you say that you can run, you, you can run geldings in the, uh, in, in, in the guineas and the derby. Because they can, they can show their talent at varying different stages of their career. So I think it's absolutely crucial that the races that are stallion-making races are restricted to entire colts. And I wouldn't allow geldings in them. There are plenty of other opportunities for the geldings. Uh, um, well, there's no suggestion they're about to be allowed. So, no. so, um, so it's well, not something um, that you're going to have to sort of try and become the next chief executive of the BHA in order to stop. I just, I'm just not entirely certain. I'm, I'm, I can see the point now with so many horses around, whereas when those rules were made, there were so many less horses. But of course, you might say at home, if New Mandate were in the Guineas, would it make it a more interesting race? And the answer, of course, is yes. But I'm trying to see the bigger picture. Of course, a few years ago, this debate reared its head when Cirrus des Aigle was never allowed to run in the Ark because, mm. he was, because he was gelded. A horse who will be running in the Ark next weekend, to the surprise of quite a few, is Persian King stepping up markedly in distance. We know he's a very good miler. He beat Pinatubo last time. This has been most underwritten and under-talked about story of the week, Cornelius. Andre Fab, who's won the art 4,000 times, eight. Is, <laughs> eight times, which is pretty remarkable, is running, is running mm. his best horse in the race he wants to win the most. Mm. And everyone's going, well, it's not going to stay, it won't win. It might. Well, let's look, let's look at the evidence. On, on the dam side, mm -hmm. she's by Dylan Thomas, I think. The, yep. the, the, so that's obviously uh, encouraging. Dylan Thomas, one of Aidan O'Brien's uh, two winners of the arc. Now, she, uh, um, Persian King is by uh, Kingman. Mm -hmm. And Kingman's stats for one and a half miles plus yep. are only 15 runners and only one winner. 
but we would, Mole Davis, who was, who's a fair horse, won a race at Hamilton. So that is uh, Kingman. I think I'm right in saying very few only, opportunities. Yeah, but, that, but yeah. it's not really it's not a representative sample, is it? And people have got into their mind perfectly reasonably mile, mile, maybe mile and a quarter. So so maybe we're just over. Uh, you know, we, we are we are basing something on um, uh, on some evidence that doesn't really exist. But the crucial part of the whole thing is Andre Farb, isn't it? If yeah. Andre Farb is going to give this horse uh, a, a go at the arc, and the only horses he's been talking about, only races he's been talking about for this horse for a month are the arc or the champion stakes. So that's a mile and a quarter. The horse has never won over a mile and a quarter either. But but he's been when when he won over when when he was second in the. Pretty Jockey Club, he was keeping going. Uh, actually, if you looked at it without knowing any of the pedigree or any of the uh, other performances, you think, well, a bit further might actually suit. So I think the, the Farb influence is so strong. Mm. He knows what it takes to win, uh, and he adds a fascinating he extra does. element uh, to the race. So in terms of the arc, we've got Enable, we've got Love, we've got Stradivarius, and we've got the highly talented Persian King. It's, um, it, it, it's very exciting for, oh. for seven days hence. And we've also got Mogul and possibly Serpentine, which we're going to talk about in a few moments' time. But Persian King is going to go to the arc for a man who's won the race eight times. And don't forget what he did with, with Manduro, winning Group 1 races and, at and, a mile, mile and a quarter. And, and mile last and year, no one really fancied, well, not, not that many people fancied Waldegeist, did they? And, and look what he achieved. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's talk about Stradivarius, who needs a new rider, because Andrea Razzani will be required the following week to ride at Future Champions Weekend for his retaining owner, Sheikh Mohammed Abade. So he can't ride the horse he's won on him three times before. Of course, Frankie can't ride him because he's riding Enable unless something happens to Enable. So where does John Gosden turn? Where would you turn if you were John Gosden? Well, if I was framing a betting market on who will be riding uh, Strad mm. uh, in the race, and I saw Frankie Dettori on television yesterday giving a big, you know, obviously everyone was asking him about Enable, but don't forget Strad. Strad's going really well. I would have thought the two uh, people at the top of the betting market would be Iretz um, uh, Mendizabal mm -hmm. uh, and Olivier Pellier, uh, two, two seasoned Longchamp uh, Cavaliers, Chevaliers. Um, Pellier having won the arc on, I think, four occasions. Yep. Helicio, Pantra Celeb, Sagamix and Salemia. Um, um, and um, the other rider hasn't actually won the arc, but he's, uh, you know, he's, he's ah. so experienced. And, and this is crucial. Uh, you know, John Gosden will be uh, remembering that just the other day the pre Jockey Club was won by Mishriff, ridden by him. Yeah. Uh, so I would have thought they're the two towards the, the top of the, uh, uh, the the two right at the top of the betting for who'll ride. He, John Gosden hinted that it might well be a French jockey who rides the horse. So do, do you think um, do you think Robert Havilland's got any shot? Well, he must have. You know, I mean, given he, the fact he's been, no, he's been riding him all his work this season, hasn't yeah, he, as well? And, and he is an absolute linchpin of, uh, of the whole uh, Gosden operation. However, perhaps that's the reason it's less likely to be him. But you know, you know if you know Bjorn Nielsen, you know that he'll take a view. Yes, yeah. he'll be guided by John Gosden, but he'll have his own view, and he will take that view. Yeah, so th that's why you, you'd be silly to have too big a stake on uh, when I put the two guys at the top of the betting. But, but who, would, who, would you, who would you like to ride him? Uh, I think I would love uh, Mendizabal to, uh, to be riding him. 
I think he's uh, he's he ticks so many boxes. And he he does seem to be the sort of super sub rider for British trainers sending horses over because he doesn't seem to have quite the attachments that a Budo has or a Maxime Guion. Mm. His, his availability is is good. And there's a I think Guion's probably over. Has Guion got an obvious? I'm not sure he's got an obvious ride at the moment. So PC will ride Persian King presumably. presumably. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look. I'm sure yeah. you'll be you'll be able to you'll be able to tell me. And uh, and Tom Eaves is going over to ride glass slippers. I think in the uh, in the Abbey. Mm. He won't be so, getting the ride on no, Stradivarius. He, he won't be getting the ride on Stradivarius. But I can see him picking up some rides on uh, on our, uh, or another ride on Arc Day. And uh, we ought to talk about Aidan O'Brien's Arc de Triumph challenge because it may not be restricted to love. Uh, and he, to an extent, will be able to. You know, control this race because he he could have Serpentine supplemented, who ran a respectable race in the trials, and has obviously done well. And Mogul, yeah, the and, there, and there are some other possible. I think with Santiago still is probably still in there technically, isn't he? There, there are there are a number of possibilities. Everyone has talked about Love, um, but uh, Mogul won that trial in in good style the other day. Serpentine finished in fourth place, was beaten four and a half five lengths, something like that. I thought Serpentine ran. Absolutely fine that day. There were some people who were disappointed, but clearly it was the Epsom Derby winner uh, and the three-year-old Colts and their their ability is under a certain amount of pressure mm. as far as this year is concerned. So some were a little bit disappointed by Serpentine, but I thought after a long break it was a perfectly satisfactory return. And he's got to be supplemented, hasn't he, for yeah. the for the arc? But that has definitely been uh, has been mooted as a as a likelihood, I think, uh, by Aidan O'Brien having uh, talking at the Curry yesterday. I'd say he might be ridden a bit differently. If uh, than he was in in the trial. Yeah, uh, if he goes to the art, uh, absolutely. And uh, Aiden Aiden is the the the, the Ballydoyle team is the greatest operation uh, of its type in the in the world. Uh, but uh, I was about to say he's only won two arcs. Uh, but by his standards, he he could he, he fancies a few more. Mm, um, and uh, you know this is. Now, obviously, the Derby and all the, the UK classics are really important. Obviously, all the Irish races and the Irish Champion Stakes and British Champions Day are really important. But the ARC has that iconic status, doesn't it? A thousand people are only going to be allowed to go in, including, I think, everybody. Uh, so uh, if you can get into the 2020 ARC, you'll be doing well. I wonder what the authorities at France Gallo are thinking, because I heard on the radio on the way here today that Roland Garros are only being allowed 1,000 people, yeah. and there was a terse response from uh, the, the, the Tennis uh, Federation in France about having only 1,000 people at Roland Garros this week because of the open spaces, because of uh, all, the, all the measures that are going to be in place. I wonder whether uh, will be a bit, Paris Lanchon will be a bit disappointed by that as well. What we would give for a 1,000 people on a British race course at the moment. Uh, Keane versus Foley is the way that the Irish Flat Jockeys Championship, I think soon to be renamed the Pat Smullen Irish Jockeys Championship, is, is, is playing out. And it's going, to be, it's going to be a very interesting one as well. I think this is going to go to the wire. Yeah, so we've got about five weeks to go, I would think, mm. the scores at the moment. Foley, 72, and Keane, 69. But Foley was miles clear, and Keane has absolutely stormed uh, through uh, the last few weeks, which isn't a massive surprise in that September, October have been good times of the year uh, for uh, Colin Keane uh, in recent years. It's worth look, looking at the numbers if you work backwards. I think uh, in the last three Octobers, 
Colin Keane has had 18, 12 and 12 winners, while Shane Foley has had 2, 9 and 6. So it's probably not that surprising that uh, it's Colin Keane uh, who is uh, his favourite to actually come out on top and win a second championship. And is, is that in part because of Joe Lyons and Jessica Harrington? Well, it's worth looking at their records. numbers for October in recent years. The last three years for Joe, 13, 4 and 11 wins. So obviously he had one disappointing month uh, for Jesse Harrington and team 2, 2 and 5. Interesting. Um, so... Uh, Colin Keane is favourite to to uh, win this, um, but it looks as though it could be nip and tuck. And jockeys' championships do tend to capture the imagination, and we haven't really had a, a big one in this country, uh, probably. Have we had one since Spencer and Sanders, really? Um, and that ended up as a as a tie. Um, Oshin Murphy has won uh, one last year. Well, hang on, who did Jim Crowley beat? The year that he uh, that was quite that was he won that did, all got quite that, tight. But I don't think it went. Last... And Hughes and Hannigan used to get yeah. to get close as well. But uh, the, because the flat season has been uh, has been shortened in recent years, it hasn't had quite the same uh, excitement as going right the way back uh, when when these jockeys championships people got right behind them. I remember when Peter Skudamore in the nineties uh, was going for it one time, and they were following him. You know, the yeah. ten o'clock news was well, was following him. Steve Corton and Pat Edery Steve, was the famous was one. The famous one, one of uh, Yes, a year. Victorian Fallon in 2004 yeah. was a very good. So there one. have been a lot, and but, and this, but but in terms of this year, Oshin Murphy looks to have won the British one fairly comfortably. Mm. Uh, there's quite a good battle between Buick and Marquand for second. But in Ireland, Keane against Foley, Foley against Keane looks to be uh, really exciting for the for the final part of the season. Joe Fanning was 50 this week. How many winners has he ridden now? Well, it's 2,500 plus. He's on the list of it? top 10 of all time, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. and um, only two jockeys riding at the moment have ridden 2,500 winners plus. Mm -hmm. uh, the other clearly being Frankie Dettori. Uh, and we're talking domestically uh, here. But I think the thing about Joe Fanning is that it's a fabulous story of an injured jump jockey languishing in a, in a bed, in a hospital bed after getting injuries as a jump jockey, uh, losing weight, changing direction. Uh, he won on one of my, I can, I can see it like it was yesterday, one of my favourite horses of the modern era. It was called High Flying, won the Northumberland Plate in 1992, trained by George Moore, but mm -hmm. uh, someone else had trained, Alan Harrison, I think, had trained it before. Um, and Joe Fanning was a little-known rider, uh, and that, that high-flying success in the Northumberland Plate in the early 90s put him on the map, put my bank balance in the black rather <laughs> dramatically as well, I remember, at the time. And he's grown and grown since then, very closely associated with Mark Johnston. And Mark Johnston has lots of comments, uh, makes lots of comments, as we know. Uh, and uh, the, the, the general populace agrees with some perhaps more than others. I don't think he would argue with that. But not one person disagreed with the comment when I remember him saying uh, a few years ago now, Joe Fanning is worth his weight in gold uh, as a stable jockey, a guy who's there, who's reliable. And whether you've followed him at Hamilton or at uh, Newmarket on the lesser days or the big days, at Thirsk and Ripon and Redcar, all those kind of places, Joe Fanning has, uh, has been such a reliable figure. So it's a great story, but it's also a great unsung story. Mm. And it almost seemed Probably appropriate... the way he likes it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. It almost seemed appropriate this week. I gather there was a bit of a media circus with Frankie Dettori in Newmarket this week... Uh, 
uh, on the gallops one morning, obviously socially distanced, and he was talking about, because he's 50 quite soon, uh, not being able to have a 50th party. On the same day, I think, there was a photograph of Joe Fanning in the weighing room somewhere with a balloon above his place just saying 50 and a, and a modest smile, and I'm sure he's celebrating as well or will celebrate at some point, but he's an absolutely rock-solid member of British racing. Yeah, well said. Two and a half thousand winners and counting. We are celebrating the fact that racing returns to Nottingham Racecourse this afternoon and not before time. So this has been one of the courses that's been rotated by the mm. Jockey Club because of the circumstances that we're in, mm. which obviously leaves you a bit jittery because you're you sort of start worrying about what the intentions are further down the track. It, it's a great it's track awfully Nottingham. close to the centre of uh, yeah. centre of Nottingham. Uh, great big wide open space. It's a very good race course, and there are those of us who lament the uh, the ending of jump racing at uh, Nottingham, which finished, I think, in Timmy Murphy rode the last winner. Uh, and I think it was 90... Uh, oh, longer, I think. I think, I, I think I'd go for 95, 96 uh, was maybe the, the, the last uh, jump season there. Mm. But as a flat track, and it's, it's so big, the place, and only one code now being catered for. So there's lots of opportunities for for the clerk of the course and for the grand staff there to make it a really good racing surface. Some people... Uh, I've, I've heard people being critical about it, but on the whole, people really um, like... And if you're a, if you're, it's a really fair race course. Uh, doesn't that always strike uh, very, you? Very, very. Yeah. And if, that's why it's such a good jumps I, track. Yeah, if I, if I was very similar to Newbury. Jockey, jockey club finance, financial controller will be would start throwing things at the TV now. But mm. I would seriously look at bringing jumping back to Nottingham. So would I. Because the likelihood we've lost Folkestone, we've lost Windsor, we lost Nottingham, as you say. The likelihood is a few more jumps tracks are going to go. What's the future for Southall, for example, which is just down the road from Nottingham? What's the future for Southall's jumps track now? It's got to be pretty bleak. With and, eight and, this is much, and, and with respect to Southall, yeah. this is a much, much better, better track. track. And as and, uh, a jumps track, I think Southall's a fantastic all-weather venue, mm. by the way. The, and the fibre mm. sound really serves a really important portion of, of the horse population. Um, but... You know, what's the future for Worcester's jumps track? And what, you know, there's a lot of jumps tracks that are yeah. Newton Abbott that are under threat. Yeah. It's probably about... It'd be a great gesture, wouldn't it? The, the, the jockey club, the custodian of racing since the mid-18th century. It needs to be century. financially viable. Yeah, and, and clearly at the moment it's, it's slipped down the list of... Uh, so stop throwing your things financial controller at the TV because we're not suggesting it just yet, but maybe for the future it's something to be thinking about. But it's great to see it back today. And uh, you were talking about two-year-olds this time of the year, the autumn, mm. uh, and... Uh, getting excited for the future and I'm sure there'll be plenty of excitement at, uh, at Nottingham uh, in, the, in the weeks ahead. It's a great track. It may never you know, get the biggest of crowds but it is a, it's a, it's a, a really Serves its track. purpose brilliantly. It serve, does serve its purpose mm. very well and returns to your screens on Racing TV this afternoon. Those were this week's Talking Points.